Welcome to Let It Grow Investing. I'm Jeff. Thank you for stopping by. Let's talk about stocks, crypto, market news, investing ideas, and strategies. I'm not a financial advisor, and this is only for entertainment purposes. Please make sure to like, follow, and share so that we can all grow together. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to Let It Grow Investing. I'm Jeff, and uh, thanks for joining me as always. Uh, you know, I wanted to get into some of the different market news that we've been looking at uh, this week. We had a, a big run up for the past uh, eight or nine days. We had higher uh, market closes in the uh, the S and P and in the Nasdaq, and uh, now we're seeing a bit of a sell off on some different earnings news. Um, you know, some different uh, problems with the uh, the Fed decision to keep uh, Jay Powell or if Joe Biden is going to uh, bring someone else on into office. And we had some uh, high inflation numbers. Uh, you know, we were 0.9% up month over month on the consumer price index. So those consumer goods that we buy as, uh, uh, as citizens or as consumers of the uh, economy, those prices are all going up. Uh, 0.9% month over month, which uh, broke down to about 10.8% year over year. Those numbers are remarkably high. Uh, you know, we're, we're definitely facing this this high fear of uh, inflation and that price volatility on on items that we buy every day. So some of those uh, fears are coming back to the market. Um, you know, we also had the Evergrande problems and they are going through default and uh, some of the, uh, the trickle down effect of how that's going to play out both as they are lenders to other smaller businesses in China, um, as well as some of the the people that own the uh, the loans that Evergrande uh, currently owes and they are indebted to. So there's a lot of ripple effects through the economy for those different reasons and uh, how Evergrande basically is a, a big player in the, the Chinese real estate space, as well as uh, several different businesses that they have in that area. Uh, so, you know, last time we had talked about uh, PaySafe being a potential good target to buy. Uh, I had bought some before earnings, something I don't always like to do. But uh, I went ahead and purchased a few shares just to get a position started, uh, really kind of keep it uh, under under watch. And, uh, you know, like I said, I bought only a couple shares, not a position that's uh, going to break the bank. When it drops, but uh, it did drop. It dropped bad. It dropped about forty percent. And uh, you know, sometimes that is a risk of buying before earnings. Uh, most of the time, I will tell you to hold off until uh, after earnings, unless you have some sort of uh, really long-term thesis as to why you're buying a stock. You know, it's it's always good to have the most current information when you're buying, which is one of the reasons that I didn't put that episode out until. Uh, after the uh, the earnings were released. So hopefully no one got hurt. Uh, I don't advise of chasing a stock when it's down um, unless you know that it is a speculative play. Uh, I did buy on that 40% dip. I bought much heavier than I did uh, when the prices were uh, a bit higher before the earnings. So I did add, I lowered my cost basis. I'm not you know saying run out there and buy this one. Uh, for me, I did add though, and uh, you know the 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 problems with uh, are, with PaySafe are definitely still out there. 
Uh, we know a lot more about them now and uh, what they are facing. And, uh, you know, their their numbers were, were pretty bad. You know, they, they could have done a lot of things different. They had uh, a big problem in their digital wallet business, which is definitely affecting the, uh, the price of the stock. That is uh, one of the key numbers that they had problems with. They had a, uh, a small decrease in their revenue uh, quarter over quarter, which uh, definitely hurts them. When you see a decrease in revenue on a growth company, you know, we're, we're only in these growth companies for continued growth. You know, compared to a, uh, a, you know, large blue chip company that's been around forever, a lingering quarter might, uh, you know, sometimes happen and it'll affect those companies as well. But when these high valuation uh, companies have a decrease in their revenue, it definitely raises a lot of red flags. It uh, makes you as a uh, investor wonder if it's still a good long term growth play or if this is kind of short, short term volatility. And right now we're kind of in that um, limbo to where we don't really know. Uh, they did have a payment volume increase uh, in the quarter up 19% to 31.1 uh, billion. So that's really good to see. But like I said, they had this uh, uh, write down in their digital wallet business of, uh, they wrote down like $322 million uh, as a loss. So that definitely hurt them as well. They also had a weaker than expected outlook for the rest of the year. And hopefully, uh, I think it should be resolved by quarter two, 22. So we're waiting to see what's going on there. I do still see um, big growth year to date in the uh, the North American iGaming business. That was about 50% up. Uh, we had new partnerships with uh, Fubo Gaming, PlayUp, and Superbook Sports. Um, there was also some different rollout of uh, revamped wallet designs to uh, make things faster and a little bit easier to to run your uh, online wallets when you're doing your uh, online game and gambling. And, uh, you know, they also closed the uh, or they acquired the German fintech company via fintech. And so now they have more of a uh, position around the world in the, the neo banks, the you know, the new online banking platforms around the world. Uh, as we had talked about the other day, uh, they had that uh, the acquisition of Safety Pay and Pejo Efectivo and uh, in Latin America. So they have some growth down there as well. There's still a lot of room for growth. Uh, it is a, a long term kind of, you know, rollout of these different gaming and gambling uh, and digital wallet payments around the world. So there's still a lot of room for growth and a lot of ways that they can make more money. I'm thinking that, uh, you know, they, they had some problems in the business. I still, you know, think that overall uh, they, they have a lot of room for growth and they have a lot of ground to make up. You know, they're, they're not the number one player in that uh, that fintech space. They are more of a number one player when it comes to iGaming, digital wallets and uh, the, the gambling online for cash transfers. So, like I said, I did buy uh, some more. It's still a smaller position for me. It's not going to be a big position. It's going to be a tier three uh, type speculative play to where if it uh, if it goes up, you know, 100%, it's probably going to be one that I will look to take a good bit out of. Uh, it's not going to be one that I'm going to let grow forever. Uh, I do think it has room to run. 
And uh, right now it's going to be a, a play that I am kind of watching and, uh, you know, I'll, I'll definitely monitor where it goes and try to uh, give you guys an update as things kind of unveil and we see a little bit more, uh, especially in their next quarter. And if we can see some of that growth come back, uh, I think those numbers are going to come rocketing back up. Uh, I do want to say, though, when you are playing with these speculative uh, growth stocks, even on a good earnings, you know, they will often sell off. Even in a company as big as Apple, they will have blowout numbers. And then you'll still see the stock, the stock sell off. Um, maybe, you know, the, the numbers were great, but the investors wanted a bit more. They wanted to know the iPhone numbers or, you know, they, they wanted to see a growth outlook that's, you know, north of 10% and it came in at 9%. So there's always some reason as to why people are taking a little bit off the table or selling and you know this one when when you have these growth plays that don't meet the expectations they do sell off hard uh and this one the the growth was not met and the um the outlook the forecast for the rest of the year was bleak so it was not down 40 percent. they didn't cut their guidance 40 percent. it was maybe 10 12 percent. so i believe that this one was oversold um it, it sold off heavier than it uh needed to be and I, I think there is going to be a little bit of a rubber band correction back to somewhat of a midpoint so uh, like i said i did buy knowing that information it's still a speculative play and uh you know it's definitely something to watch but watch out for those big moves after earnings in any of these growth stocks because they all will happen and there's always room for these uh these stocks to move up and down uh after the earnings call and, uh, you know, there's a, a couple other stocks that uh, had decent earnings, uh, like Palantir had pretty good earnings. And uh, the conference call wasn't, you know, a lot of questions were asked that uh, management didn't give direct responses to, or, you know, it was kind of vague as to what they were saying. And uh, overall, Palantir had a great quarter, though. So for me, it was a spot where I wanted to add. Um, you know, the ARC funds had sold off about 1.5 million or 1.25 million shares uh, to rebalance the portfolio before uh, earnings. And everyone had this reaction of, oh man, ARC selling, I need to get out. And then, you know, ARC was there to buy double the shares when it dropped. So they bought like 2.5 million shares after uh, the earnings drop and it went down about, I think it was 12, 13%. So they bought that dip and now they own more shares than what they did previously. Uh, so, you know, just be mindful of the news that you're hearing. Oftentimes you're going to hear, oh, so-and-so Elon sold or uh, Kathy Woods sold and you won't get the full story. So just make sure that if you do hear stuff like that, you go back and you check to see uh, what ARC's daily buys were uh, going forward. If that's going to be something that you're going to base your uh, thought process on as to, well, Kathy Wood's buying here, so I should be too, or she's selling, so I should do the same. Uh, you know, she has to rebalance that uh, ETF to have an equal weight uh, positions. Granted, they had let Tesla run and run and run. She has, uh, you know, the, the highest price target uh, on Tesla for 2025. I think she said it's going to be about $3,500 per share uh, in the next four years. So she is very bullish and they let that stock run, even though they had sold a little bit of that as well. Uh, so, you know, she took the cash and deployed it elsewhere.
but you know, that's part of her running the, the ETF and how they balance things out. So like I said, just take a little bit of, of what you hear and what you read with a grain of salt and know that there's different things going on under the surface than simply just that. Uh, also wanted to get into crypto. Um, crypto had been running up since last Saturday. Uh, Bitcoin had done uh, pretty big gains. Same with Ethereum. And then we had a bit of a market sell-off on some of the different growth stocks. So, you know, crypto will tend to follow that sell-off. And as people are selling these companies, they're also generally selling the crypto. So, you know, we, we did see a bit of a sell-side pressure on uh, a lot of the main coins. Some of the altcoins sold off heavy and now they are back up. Uh, but I did want to say that uh, I have a bit of a theory as to what may happen in the market and in crypto. And, you know, for the end of the year, a lot of these hedge funds that own uh, crypto or, or growth stocks, or even just, you know, regular blue chip stocks, will sell these off to close some profits to take their fees for from their customers for the uh, for the calendar year, you know, they have to sell in order to uh, book their profits and make their numbers look good as these brokers. So a lot of times we will see the sell side pressure near the end of December, middle of the end of December. And I think we're going to see that in crypto also. I think a lot of people are going to sell. Uh, and then I feel like we're going to have more of that ripple effect as there's some sell side pressure from these big uh, whales or hedge funds. And then the retail people think, you know, time, it's, it's the time to get out. I think we're going to see a bit of a head fake. I think, you know, the, the hedge funds are going to sell first. Retail will follow. And then come, you know, early January, the hedge funds are going to start buying back in on these dips. Uh, then to, you know, reestablish this position so they can then make some profit for 2022. Uh, so now two thoughts. One, you either are going to be ready for these dips and buy or sell before the hedge funds do and then be able to buy early January, either if that means going to stable coins right now, or, uh, you know, if you want to bring some more cash in from the sidelines and have that money ready to deploy uh, early January is my kind of time frame where I'm looking to to be adding. Or the other thing was to, uh, to just basically ride it out and know that this is going to happen. As, uh, as investors and specifically in crypto, you, you have to know that uh, Bitcoin, Ethereum, it, it's not a problem for these coins to sell off, you know, 20 to 30% at a time. And, uh, you know, that could certainly be a case where if you've got two Ethereum, you may be able to sell and time it right and then, you know, buy back in and get two and a half to three Ethereum. So, you know, just take that with a grain of salt, either ride it out or know that this this sell side pressure might be coming and uh, and be ready to buy more. Uh, if you're dollar cost averaging, I'd say just buy through it and uh, continue to add on the the days or you know months that you normally add. But uh, yeah, just be aware of this sell side pressure that's going to be coming. It does happen every uh, December. Uh, the the Santa Claus rally will tend to fizzle out, and then you'll see the sell side pressure come down a couple points in the stock market and then it will you know take back off uh beginning of the year so that's what i've got on uh pay safe i just don't want anyone to get uh 
hurt on that one or in any of these growth stocks. I know you guys are looking for growth, but they can be tricky. Uh, there's a lot more watching the the charts and watching the earnings uh, versus, you know, buying something like Pepsi or Coke. They're going to not be as volatile uh, out there. So you, you generally don't have as much to worry about. I, I don't think you need to be as meticulous when you're buying Pepsi. You could add a, a share a month and, and be fine versus some of these growth stocks when, uh, you know, they're, they're a little bit harder to, to buy. You need to watch the charts a good bit more and have your ear to the ground and know what's going on in the stocks um, before you really get into them. So just just be mindful of the different changes out there that are going on every day and, uh, you know, Pick your buys and certainly get all the information you can before you're going into these growth names. Uh, and like I said before, if if that's too much for you, there's certainly the ETFs for, for growth, whether it be QQQ or the ARC funds or, um, you know, some of the, the SPY funds. Um, you know, definitely take a look at your options. If you're not into watching each individual name and keeping track of who's doing what on any given day, ETFs might be a better bet for you. Uh, but yeah, that's what I got on those two. Uh, and uh, we'll be back. And I want to get into the uh, the metaverse after this, uh, this short break. All right, guys, we are back. Uh, wanted to get into the uh, the metaverse and go over, you know, what it is, how can we invest? What are we going to be able to do there? Um, different, different thoughts of mine on it. And, uh, you know, please bear in mind that I am not an expert on the metaverse. Um, but we have seen uh, Facebook come out and change their name from Facebook to Meta. They're going to be the Meta company. Their ticker symbol is going to change from FB to MVRS. Uh, I think they're trying to rebrand themselves into the next generation of, uh, of the internet from Web 2.0 to Web 3.0. We, you know, we started with anyone uh, in web, web one was basically anything with the dot-com and, and that dot-com bubble was a, uh, a valuable company and anyone who was attached to it was uh, doing really great there for a while until we realized that everyone was not, you know, a web company and, uh, you know, there was definitely that sell-off and a few people survived and a lot of people uh, did not make it through that, uh, that first round of uh, development. So I don't want to see anyone get burned when it comes to uh, Web 3.0, when it becomes uh, NFTs and uh, the metaverse. So I want to give you a little bit of information that I have on it and uh, in hopes to make you some money and also, you know, protect your money from from getting burnt up in companies that might not be a, uh, a good match for you. So when we're looking at... Uh, the metaverse, you know, first first thing that comes to mind is what is it? It's basically going to be a an online version of reality, which might not sound um, kind of realistic or you know to be anything that you're going to be interested in. But I, I do think that uh, it's going to be uh, kind of like Facebook or any of the other platforms to where it's very addictive. It's going to be uh, suck you into different realms, different worlds, and, you know, be a good way to, to visit different places or shop at different stores, try on different things, go to concerts, or, you know, visit a, another place from around the world that uh, we wouldn't be able to visit, you know, otherwise. 
So it'll you'll have a digital avatar. You're going to have uh, yourself in the metaverse, and you know then you you go to these different stores. Kind of I'm guessing like going to be like a website type deal to where you go to these different places. You can experience the the different shops that small businesses set up, or concert venues, football stadiums, uh, this that the other in the metaverse. So your avatar will, uh, you know, I'm sure it's going to be something to where you can design your own. And then there's going to be the companies that are going to sell you goods for your avatar to, um, you know, wear these different items while you're, you know, visiting different places around the world. So Nike, Microsoft, uh, a couple others, Louis Vuitton has already signed up for trademarks on these online uh, digital assets. So you should be able to buy, sell, and trade your your different shoes that you wear, the bag that you carry in the metaverse. Um, so there's going to be all different ways to you know display your your belongings. You will have the NFTs. You're probably going to have a digital wallet showing you know what different collections you have, what you're into, uh, different things that you've done, different places you've traveled, and it's all going to be an online. Uh, version of you in in the metaverse. Um, I'm, I'm sure there's a lot that I'm leaving out, but that's pretty much the gist of what I'm getting. You can shop in these stores and you know and, and visit different people, go have a coffee with your friends. Um, granted, you know you're probably going to be having coffee at your house and you you know you're just going to be interacting through uh, 3D technology and uh, you know you're going to be able to speak to each other in in real time in uh in these different settings so it'll take a zoom meeting and make it seem like you are literally in the same space so i i do see a lot of changes coming to business and uh and how we operate just with this uh interaction that we're going to have uh might not be for everyone i'm sure it's going to take a lot of getting used to and uh i'm sure it's going to be something that uh, we will figure out what is actually going to be within the next you know five ten years uh, but when we look at it, um, you know, we saw Mark Zuckerberg come out and say this, this, you know, hour long presentation of basically what Facebook is going to become and what they're going to be doing. Uh, they plan to invest about $10 billion into the metaverse company uh, in 22. So that is a lot of money going to a lot of different places. And I want to take a look at uh a couple of the companies that I think that they're going to reach out to, uh, a couple companies are going to need chips and programs and uh, different technologies that they're going to need to build these platforms. And you know, when I when I say that, there's there's going to be probably multiple companies fighting for that spot, trying to build the metaverse that everyone goes to. Uh, I'm not too sure how that all will play out. I'm sure Google, Microsoft. Uh, the metaverse meta company will all be trying to build their own realm of what is the uh, the metaverse and and how you interact with it. So I'm sure Facebook is trying to get that uh, you know notoriety as being the first one by changing the name and spending all the money, and you know others will follow. But uh, who's really going to win? We really don't know at this point. So when you look at these companies as like the gold rush, everyone's out there trying to get gold. Uh, but all these companies have to rely on other people to to build these projects. And uh, when I when I look at that, I'm looking at uh, companies um, like 
NVIDIA, like AMD, uh, Intel to some extent, even though AMD is, uh, you know, kind of destroying Intel's lunch right now, or they're eating their lunch right now. NVIDIA and AMD have the, the graphics processors that uh, are really the ones that are going to be used for these types of uh, platforms. So I'm looking at companies like those. Uh, if, if Facebook or Metaverse and Google, Microsoft are the uh, the gold that everyone's trying to mine, I think that uh, NVIDIA, AMD would be the uh, the picks and shovels type play to where everyone needs these uh, chips in order to build or in order to get the gold. Uh, so that's, that's kind of where I'm looking at. And then you also have uh, companies like Matterport that does 3D renderings of, uh, of everyday life. So when you're on uh, Redfin or... Um, they have a bunch of different uh, contracts that, you know, Airbnb, they have nationwide LinkedIn. They're all customers of Metaverse or of uh, of Matterport. Sorry. So Matterport does these 3D renderings. We can walk through a home, uh, you know, anywhere around the world on the Internet, on Redfin, Zillow, and take a look at these properties from the uh, the comfort of our home, whether we're trying to rent a property or, you know, we're trying to buy a new home. The, uh, the Matterport technology is one that is going to be, I believe, uh, a front runner in the, uh, the metaverse space. And, you know, why do I say that? They, they currently have 38 patents on their technology. They have uh, 28 uh, patents pending. So they, they really have a, a lockdown on uh, the technology that they own. And, uh, you know, what they can do and what others can't do based on um, the technology that, that they uh, currently hold. So that one is, is certainly something that I, I think could do really well going forward. They are very expensive. Uh, the price to sales is very high. I want you to know that before you get involved in some of these. And they certainly, I think, have a lot of runway ahead of them. But, uh, you know, should there be a hang up with uh, the government or the metaverse or privacy issues between Facebook? And, you know, there, there's a lot of different things that could cause snags in this. And I don't think we're going to be directly A to B. I think we're going to have, uh, you know, some traffic along the way. We're going to get shut down. Uh, we're going to see different players come involved. Uh, so I, I think we're going to have a lot of hiccups along the way. So just understand that before you get into some of these companies, um, even NVIDIA, AMD have run up significantly in the past year. And that's not to say that Microsoft or Google have not. They they have run up quite a bit as well. Um, so just know that there's uh, going to be more volatility in the smaller companies that only do one uh, type of uh, product. You know, Matterport doing the 3D renderings. If something were to go wrong in that space, or if someone else is able to come out with a better uh, system, better software, uh, I do see that they would have a, a big sell-off compared to a, a Microsoft, where they have a, a lot of different businesses, a lot of different arms that they can, you know, kind of reach out and find growth somewhere else. Where Matterport right now is that 3D rendering company. I uh, just want you to not get hurt when it comes to. Uh, over investing in in one company or another, um, you know. But there are different ways to uh, invest specifically into the metaverse. And uh, I'm looking at uh, Roundhill Investments. They have a metaverse ETF. 
Uh, the expense ratio is high at 0.75%. And, uh, you know, bear that in mind that uh, the costs are a little bit higher on ETFs. Sorry about that interruption. Had little uh, footsteps coming down uh, the stairs. And, uh, you know, but we were looking at Round Hill Investments. Uh, like I said, that 0.75 in, uh, expense ratio is pretty high. Uh, it's about the same as the ARC funds. But uh, one thing I do want to point out is you can simply just go to roundhillinvestments.com. Uh, and the ETF ticker is uh, Meta, M-E-T-A. And you can look right at the, uh, the breakdown of what holdings that they have. And uh, when you look at this one, they've got NVIDIA, Roblox, Microsoft, Unity Software, uh, Meta Platforms, Facebook, uh, Autodesk, Amazon, Tencent, C Limited, and uh, Taiwan Semi. Those are their top 10 holdings. So if you see something there that you like, you can certainly break down uh, the ones that you have as, you know, particularly for uh, metaverse plays or just growth plays that you like. If you're into this, this idea of the metaverse becoming something, you know, huge to where it is that web 3.0, it is what everyone's going to be doing in 10 years. You can certainly kind of cherry pick from some of these different, uh, ETFs and, uh, and build a, a portfolio that, uh, is specifically yours. That doesn't have the expense ratios, uh, that some of the ETFs do carry and have your own holdings. That's basically a a smaller version of your your top five or top 10 picks for these these plays. Um, but yeah, definitely take a look at those. Take a look at the ARC funds and, and kind of decide what's going to be best for you, either the hands-off approach of an ETF that has some fees or building a, uh, a portfolio that uh, is yours, that does not have the fees. And, um, you know, all of them uh, definitely have their own ups and downs and, you know, everything's going to be a little bit better for each individual investor that, uh, that goes with their, you know, this way or the other. So definitely take into account what's going to work for you, how much time you want to research and, uh, you know, or, or simply cherry pick from these lists that, uh, are comprised of some of the best names in these, uh, metaverse companies, make sure that the, uh, they're not getting a little too far ahead of themselves. You know, like I said, NVIDIA, AMD have uh, run up heavily on uh, this metaverse talk from Mark Zuckerberg. And, uh, you know, they, these chips have been performing well for the, a lot of the crypto platforms and the miners out there. And now, you know, they're getting another boost from the, the meta talk and, you know, the chips being such a, a needed asset for these companies. So they, they might pull back if, uh, if, you know, the next quarter earnings aren't so hot. And uh, maybe that's a time to buy when, uh, you know, the, the, the stock price got a bit ahead of where the company is. And yes, these chips are going to be needed, but uh, we're, we're getting a bunch of uh, fear missing out from a lot of investors that they have to buy these stocks right now when, you know, in all honesty, I don't know how much they're actually selling these chips for the metaverse. And uh, maybe we're, we're just getting a little bit of run up on uh, talks of what could potentially be out there. Uh, so take all that into account. And uh, also, I did want to uh, continue talking about the uh, that growth challenge or the trading challenge that we had talked about for 2022. Uh, I think that I want to do some sort of weekly or monthly investment and see how we can do investing in some of these different growth names throughout the year. Um, 
we can certainly hold them for the whole year if that's what everyone wants to see is, you know, I, I bought these names and how are they going to do in a year? Or we can uh, be a little bit more strict and, you know, sell some of them if they're at a loss or at a big gain and reinvest these uh, the money into other companies that we see at that time. So, you know, just let me know your thoughts, uh, whether it's on the Facebook group or a private message or, you know, just in passing. Let me know what you think, and I will uh, try to get that going for 2022. And, um, you know, as always, please make sure to like, subscribe, share. And I've got all the links in the description, whether you're looking to start a new uh, portfolio or get some some free shares by uh, signing up for Webull or free crypto at uh, crypto.com. There are all, all the links are in the description. Uh, also, if you want to help support the channel, um, you know, that link is available at anchor.fm slash let it grow. And uh, you can click on the monthly uh, support uh, for as little as 99 cents a month. And uh, I would certainly appreciate that if uh, this podcast is bringing you any kind of real value. I hope it is. And uh, that's what I got for you guys today. Uh, Take care. Let's get out there and let's let it grow. As always, thanks for stopping by. Please make sure to like, subscribe by turning on the notification bell and sharing this podcast to help our community grow. Check the links in the description for offers on E-Trade, Binance, and Crypto.com to get your investing journey started. You can also help support the podcast on our Anchor.fm webpage. Until next time, let's get invested and let it grow.